Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Brett Young, back again, joining us this week on the Superstar Power Hour. I feel like you're seeing me so much. Like, I just saw you not that long ago. We're going to New York next week for another interview. So I know. I heard I you were coming with, with us yeah, for that. That's awesome. I know. I'm really excited. We'll get to hang out on the rooftop, talk all, all about the album and everything. So that'll be awesome. Yeah. But I want to, like, we'll talk about some stuff today but then I also want to just do some like fun ask me anything type stuff with you because I'm going to talk to you about this new music again in a couple Great. of days so talking a little bit about the girls this morning how is everybody I know Rowan just had her second birthday party everybody's good yeah, yeah. we um we are withholding her birthday oh, the party. Actual party got it but she did just turn two um a couple of days ago and Presley's and, uh, how old now Presley will be four in October. Can you believe that you have a two and a four year old? No, no, I, I can't. I don't. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. <laughs> um, no, but it's amazing. We were just talking, uh, but I, you know, that I brought him in bed this morning because uh, my wife had some things to do, and I was like, you know, before I go to work, I can, I can hang. And uh, they're just the sweetest. Like they just want. They want to make up stories and these alternate universes and they want to tell you all about it. And, um, I realized I had like a, a pretty big realization that like I was quietly just ignoring and closing my eyes. And I was like, <laughs> hold on, this is your no dad. One Oh one parent. One Oh one is like lock in these moments won't last forever, you know? And so yeah. the, they're amazing. They're sweet little girls. Our youngest is as everybody's the youngest is crazy. Rowan is a maniac. How does that happen? I don't know. She's a maniac, but she's also very sweet and very smart, and we're having a blast with it. We're just kind of figuring it out. Yeah. They seem like they're very precious together. They are. Like when your they, wife posts pictures of them just, like, loving on each other. It took it took a while, but in the last, you know, four or five months, mm. they kind of locked into, like, best friend sisters, which Aww. is really fun. I love that so much. Yeah. That's so cute. And I was also, I was cracking up. You posted this week. You were like, who did this? It was, like, you next to the Ken doll. <laughs> I was dying. Have you bought in on like all the Barbie craze that's happening right now? I mean, I have two daughters, so there's plenty yeah. of Barbies in my house right now. Uh -huh. No, I think it sounds like they, they put together a pretty good movie. I haven't seen it yet. I went to last night. Unbelievable. You loved it? It was hilarious. Well, like well, I did not know what to expect from it at all. I, so I had no expectation and it exceeded it. Well, then we're going to have to go see it. You should go see it. It was really funny. Like, I think your wife would probably I think my really, oldest really is also it. at an age where she could go sit in a theater. My, Rowan's yeah. at two years old. She won't sit still for an hour and a half. But 
Yeah. I think Presley's probably at an age where she could do her first. Maybe that's her first movie. Right. Barbie Get her a big bucket of popcorn one. and tell right. her to shush her mouth. <laughs> That'll be great. And then you mentioned you're, you're really tired because you've had a lot going on with work. You've got this album coming. You've also been out on the road with Sam Hunt. Mm-hmm. How's that been going? Great. I mean, I think the nice thing is it feels like Sam and I have similar fan bases. Yes. Uh, it's even though I'm more of like the love song heartbreak guy and he's kind of more of like the up-tempo like pop guy. I still think it's like a crossover uh, type of crowd that comes for a little bit of pop, a little bit of country because the shows have felt that way. I mean, I've opened for other acts before where I feel like I get half the audience because they're all waiting for the headliner to come on and they, they seem to come flooding in for my set. So it's been really fun. Um, and Sam, I've been friends with Sam since before I even signed my record deal. So it's really fun to be out with him and, and really? his band. I've known his band the whole time as well. So it's how did good. you meet him? Like pre-record deals. Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, some little bar somewhere. <laughs> Go figure you and Sam Hunt in a bar. I can't imagine. <laughs> That's awesome. And then the album is coming across the sheets. What songs on here are you most excited to see how people react to? I love this whole record. So it's, um, it's kind of impossible to like cherry pick favorites mm. one just because it informed my kind of journey to country music is don't take the girl. The okay. Cover. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about this cause you've never done a cover before uh-uh. on an album as far as I know. So talk mm. about why you wanted to do that. Yeah. Oh, I mean in 1994 in Southern California, everybody was listening to blink 182 and offspring and green day. And you know, they were, you know, on a transistor radio on the beach in Huntington somewhere. And, uh, I just never, I don't have anything against that kind of music, but I never cared for it. And uh, one day, my older sister hated country music, and so I got the front seat of the car, and I um, was annoyed because she would keep kicking the back of my seat to try to ruin my experience in the front seat. And so, like, the annoying little brother that I was, I was like, okay, you don't like country? Here's as loud as it goes. One station in Southern California at the time. And uh, Don't Take the Girl came on. I'm a young kid, and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, especially like country music either but this song like how do you how are you i I remember this thing registered in my head way back then i was like that's a 15 year long story in four minutes yeah like how how Mm -hmm. and it's perfect it's literally perfect and uh it catapulted me into um ty hernan came out with what mattered most and uh shenandoah and i just started finding 90s country and I, i fell in love with it and so i realized when we were making this record i wanted to do something different and don't take the girl next year. will It'll be a 30 year anniversary of the release wow. of that song. And I was like, this is the time to do it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was terrified because, you know, I sing my own songs all the time, but, uh, Tim McGraw did it perfect. So the idea to, that you could potentially make a mockery of something that was perfect. <laughs> um, no. but I got to work with Dan Huff, who's worked with Tim for years and Dan made sure that it turned out good. And I'm really proud of it. That's really cool. Yeah. I think that's so awesome, and I feel like I love seeing, especially right now, I feel like covers are like having such a big moment. Luke Holmes and I were actually just talking about this, about how like there's such a, like, of the six diamond songs that there are in country music, like half of them are covers, mm-hmm. which I, so I'm like, every go for it, like, do that. That's such a great idea, and like, also, what a cool full circle moment for you. Diamonds, yeah. cra- we, I just found out today that we're like three weeks from, two or three weeks from, in case you didn't know, going Diamond. Shut up. Yeah, which is nuts. Brett, oh I my know. God. Isn't that crazy? The, congratulations. I mean, it's going to happen. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's cra- well, it's wedding season, so it'll happen fast. Yeah. Oh, but you just <laughs> Every need, like, summer one more we Friday get a spike. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, that'll make you the seventh song, I think, because there's only six right now. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Yeah, oh, I hope we get to celebrate that. Yeah, in we, will. <laughs> we will. That's so much fun. Congratulations. Thank you. Very cool. And then there's also another song that I wanted to ask you about that's going to be on Across the Sheets is a re-record from a previous album. You so ain't here to kiss about, me. So talk about bringing this song back. So aside from it being a really personal story for me and my wife, a mm. breakup that we actually went through um, before we got back together and got married and started mm. a family, it also was going to be the fourth single off the first record. And around the same time, we started performing Mercy live. And it just, some, they say sometimes a song raises its hand. Yeah. The crowd was screaming Mercy every night. And so it raised its hand and, it, and You Ain't Here to Kiss Me got bumped. Yeah. And I always felt like it deserved a second chance or it's day in the sun, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we went to Dan Huff and we just said, um, can you beat it? And he goes, well, I love a challenge. Oh my gosh. And so we re-recorded it for this record. I'm really happy that we did. That is awesome because I feel like I hear so many times artists say they're like, there was always a song on this album that never got its chance or it got its moment in the sun, like you were saying. So like how great to like stand up for that song and go back and get it and give it another life. I love that. Yeah. At the end of the day, like my job feels like, right, like I'm supposed to write songs that are on topic but vague enough that everybody can make it their own and this one is not that this one is so specific specific. this is like i I lived this story Mm. um and every once in a while i like just kind of jabbing those ones in there and going like this one isn't for you this one was for me i hope you like it yeah you know and this is one of those but i feel like people respond to that to the most like you always hear artists talk about they're like this was so specific and vulnerable to me there i never thought anyone would like it and those are always the ones that connect the most yeah like when you, when you really, really, truly speak to people. So, yeah, I think the, the job in general is to, and not everybody feels this way, but for me, it feels like my, I guess my obligation is to pull back the curtain a little bit mm-hmm. and you can talk topically to people to relate, to connect, but every once in a while you got to go like, Oh, also here's this story about when I got my heart absolutely shattered. Yeah. And that's vulnerability, and I think people connect with that, too. Mm -hmm. And so I think you have to do that every once in a while. I think that's part of pulling the curtain back. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're working on this record and you're getting songs and demos together, who is, like, the first person you're playing stuff for? Or do you have a friend that you'll go to when you're, like, uncertain about a song that you know will always shoot you straight? Or is that your wife? Will she tell you yes or no? Yeah, no, wifey's number one. (laughs) Wifey's definitely number one. Because she listens like a normal listener. She doesn't come from this world, so she doesn't dissect the song. Yeah. She goes on how it makes her feel. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's mostly what we do is like we want to make people. Well, I want to make you cry whether it's happy tears or sad tears. Yep. If I'm doing that, then I'm doing my job. So that's that's it. But then my band is incredible. So I'll, I'll bounce it off the guys in the band. They're all artists and they're like literally incredible artists that just happen to be willing to play music in my band. So I'll bounce it off of them. And, and then you got management and label and everything. Mm-hmm. But generally for me, like I know if I did it or if I missed it, you got a good gauge on it. Yeah. Like I, I, like I'll write a song that I've been thinking about. Like I've had the idea for months and months and I'll write it and be like, almost didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Do you We're go all, back to it then? Do you try to perfect it or do you sometimes just let it go? Sometimes, but more often than not, you're, you're kind of too tied to the wrong version at that mm. point to, to starting over hard. I have, you know, a notebook of 50 ideas right now. So I'd rather just, let's try the next fresh one. Yeah. You know? And then, then there are the ones where you write it and you go, I can't even stop listening to it. 
Mm-hmm. And I hate my own voice at this point, but I can't <laughs> stop listening to this song. Yeah. You know, so I think that your initial instincts are the most telling and then you start kind of bouncing it off people that yeah. you trust. Yeah, no, totally. Well, that's good that you like, you know what it is and you've got your trusted like group of people yeah. and that's so great. I want to ask you some fun stuff because we're going to talk all about the album next week. So let's do, um, what is your go-to coffee order? Uh, without naming a brand, you'll know it even still. I like a venti iced skinny vanilla latte. Ooh, all right. I'm always, do you, do you ice your I gotta watch round? my girlish figure. Right? Do you do iced your round? Yeah. I do too. I People are to always like, it's October. Why I would hate you to get... be hot. No, I don't like it either. Hot coffee is like, like I'll have one a year that yeah. I could take it or leave. I, even in the winter, the AC is at 68 and I have a fan next to my bed. It's still iced coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you on that one. What's your go-to cocktail or adult beverage? Uh, my wife calls it a daddy drink. Oh, okay. Jack and diet. <laughs> Jack and diet. Yes, I love ma'am. It. <laughs> um, last book you read? I don't read. You don't read? I hate no? reading. Hate reading? Do you ever yeah. listen to a book? Podcast? Yeah. The last, uh, I like podcasts. Uh, the last book that I listened to is like the fourth time I've listened to it. What um, is it? It is called No Man is an Island by Thomas Merton. What is this about? It's kind of a self self-helpy thing, but... I just like the messages. I I like the way that it's delivered um, in terms of kind of just navigating life, navigating heartbreak, navigating confusion. You know, we all have like daily things that kind of throw us. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, I think it just kind of keeps me centered, if that makes sense. No, totally. Um, To make good decisions and also have like positive emotional reactions to things. Yeah. And uh, he has, he did a prequel to it called Seeds of Contemplation, which is really good too. I love that. I've actually started, I have a really hard, I like reading like fiction books, but reading self-help stuff is always really hard for me. So I started listening to mm-hmm. them, which I found is like the key to that, but I'll have to check that one out. That, like, I did the same thing one. when we were uh, pregnant with our first baby. I just don't read, but like all the kind of parenting books and stuff, mm-hmm. just put them on. It's so much easier go to go on the that. treadmill and listen to it. Yeah. And, you know, next thing you know, you're 30 minutes into a book. <laughs> right. Uh, and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, best gift you've ever received or given, if one comes to mind. Oh, th- this is going to be so pandering, but it's honest. My wife gave me babies. Mm. I, I mean, like that, that is the greatest gift. <laughs> I know it. I mean, I, I know that that sounds super cheeseball, but it's, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. The best thing that's ever been given to me is that my wife gave me our daughters. Oh, sweet, sweet little girls. What is uh, your biggest pet peeve? I'm the wrong person to ask that. I have too many. <laughs> I'm so easily irritable. In the same that's way. That's why I listen to health, self-help books. <laughs> yeah, on having positive emotional responses. <laughs> um, most of it is like road-related drivers. Really? Yeah. People and in Nashville don't drive well either. No, they're so this terrible. Is not they're the, a good and place and to now drive. that there's traffic, it's getting way worse. Yeah. Um, don't drive under the speed limit. It, unless you're in the far right lane and you're visibly scared to be driving. Yeah. Also, if you're scared to be driving, you shouldn't be driving. Yes. And then also don't tailgate me when I'm already going over the speed limit. Right. Go around me or settle down. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I, I'm really. And also, like, I'm just such a prick because if I do the things you're doing, it's fine. But. <laughs> Don't do them and negatively affect me. I'll do them if I want, but don't do them when I can see you. 
I know. Whenever yeah, somebody terrible. like honks at me I'm for so something, arrogant I'm like, about that. Oh, I can't believe they yeah. would, but then I'll be like, and then honking. the next person cuts you off and you're honking. Yeah. yeah exactly. No, I'm like, this is my road. <laughs> you're welcome that you get to be here. And if you piss me off, I'm going to let you know. Right. But yeah. I think everybody feels like that probably. <laughs> um, savory things or sweet foods? What's your. Oh, I'm not a sweets person. No, I'm the same way. I would and rather eat I a cheeseburger do, than anything. If I do grab like a like a scoop of ice cream or something, I want a potato chip like right after. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I want something salty right after. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I would I would prefer always like something yeah. savory. Like if you're going to use the calories. Uh, what about any phobias? Spiders, Claustrophobia. Tight spaces mm-hmm. freak okay. me out. I'm big. Like I'm six six two forty. <laughs> You're in a lot of tight spaces. Yeah. This room is a tight no, space. Like any like I just watched this thing on Instagram the other day. This guy like built a uh, custom house for his cat and he let his toddler crawl through it to like video it. And all mm-hmm. I could think of is if I was that toddler, I would suffocate right now. I can't I right. can't even wrap. So yeah, I think tight spaces. Tight spaces are hard. And I those are my nightmare. I have nightmares about it. Really? Yeah. Getting, like being stuck in what? Like having to like crawl through a tunnel, but it gets <laughs> more and more narrow, and then you're stuck and you can't back out. Yeah, stuff like no, that. No, no, no. Yeah, that's bad. I can't remember. Like, have you ever done one of those like excursions? They'll take you on in Mexico. There's always some sort of thing like that. I'm always like, oh my god, this is literally my worst nightmare. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't know. I'd rather stand on the edge, like on the. <laughs> like the rail of the Empire State Building than be in a tight space. So you're good with heights. I don't love them, but it's not even close to feeling trapped. Oh my gosh. And you are a big guy, so I imagine that's yeah, happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very young. Thank you so much for playing along, having fun. I will see you next week in New York. Thank you so much for the time. Can't wait. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.